0: It's like talking to Batman in the Batmobile. The the plane that was picking me up from Tampa was 90 minutes late because they had to de-ice.
1: Okay, say what you will, and you will say stuff, I know that. But waiting to de-ice in Tampa? hmm. Hmm. How much data do you want? There's that's an unusual. I mean, because this is March, and uh, wow, that's yeah, hmm, that's crazy. There's crazy talk there. Hey, everybody, Todd Conklin, pre accident investigation. It is the podcast on a fine day, and I'm so glad you're a part of it. You're gonna love today's podcast. I, I'm not even. I mean, I'm gonna guarantee it, uh, or you're podcasting money back. How's that sound? This is fun. This is really... You know how um, I always quest to talk to people who are in the field doing work, dirty hands, making stuff happen, interfacing with people? Well, today, we're as close to that as we're going to get for a while, that's for sure, because this is mighty cool. This is the fabulous Tim Walsh. Now, if you don't know Tim, you're about to get to know him, and you'll love him, so just relax. It'll be great. You'll probably exchange gifts. I mean, you know, it's 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 going to be a good relationship, so be ready. But Tim is the corporate safety director for Davy Tree. And Tim's been chatting with me via email, and uh, it became really clear on this journey that Tim needs to be uh, a part of a conversation with us. So I invited him to be on the pod, and normally people, you know, say no and stuff, and he kind of, you know, he was humble and sufficiently uh polite and nice but he totally said he'd do it and i was so excited and uh i knew it'd be good and it is that makes it super great so that's what today is it's gonna be a discussion with tim walsh and I, I think you're gonna really enjoy it it's it's a it's a fun conversation how are you doing i just wanted to check in on you just because um it's it there's just so much going on in the world and it's it's hard to, to watch the news and not feel it, kind of at the pit of your stomach, and and it's profoundly impacting people. I mean, lots of people. We know people who are impacted, and that that's that's amazing. So let's check in on each other and figure out what the best posture is to move forward. It's I who who knew we would deal with this much uncertainty i mean it's it's amazing to me luckily we've talked about it for years and we we have some capability we know some things one is that when it feels most desperate seek diverse opinions that's a really important rule and we learned that sort of through the pandemic so that's a good idea two is that make decisions that are based upon short-term knowing you can always change your mind you can always course correct that's helpful in a period of great uncertainty and three is realize that everything is is somewhat temporary and that the world moves and the great wheels of social justice always tend to try to right themselves. So that's a plus. I mean, that's, that's a good thing to think about as we move forward, but nonetheless, you guys, this is a crazy time. Um, it just is, it's a crazy time and I think we owe it to each other to take care of ourselves and each other and that's what you do so i'm, I'm not preaching i don't want to sound preachy because you're a part of that but that's a big part of what happens let's listen to what tim has to say i think you're really gonna enjoy this pod uh, I, I really do here here is tim walsh from davy tree and he's going to talk about safety at the sharp end here we go friend so how's it going what's up tell me what's going on
0: um a lot of good stuff. I mean, we're the world's opening back up. Um, you know, we're our, our company culture is it's about interaction. It's about being in front of people. Um, and so, I just got back from a week of meetings with some uh, operational folks. So, Davy has four distinct service lines. We do residential, commercial. Um, we do have commercial grounds, as which is a separate piece. Uh, the Davey Resource Group, which does kind of consulting, and then line clearance work. Our right. Eastern Utilities Group. And that's a group I was just with um, down in Florida. They had a first operational meeting since COVID, um, and it was good—just be in the room with people and share ideas and challenge each other—and it was good, good, uh, a good week.
1: How were they talking about it? Because the work didn't quit while you guys weren't meeting together.
0: Yeah, the work—we we never really slowed down. I mean, the first there's a little bit of a hiccup in you know February and early March of 20 on some operations because people didn't know what to expect and then you know the the demand for electricity didn't go away so we had to keep you know trimming the trees around power lines and then as folks left the office and went home they started looking at their trees and our phones started ringing on the residential side so we kept busy we just did it remotely
1: did did some of your administrative bureaucracy go away during this time
0: Uh, because
1: because people weren't there I should ask better questions probably.
0: Now, a little bit. I mean, it was, um, you know, we're still kind of transitioning like a lot of folks are, the getting away from that centralized command and control, you know, somebody looking over your shoulder watching you work. Um, we realized that we didn't need that, and we were as effective and in many cases more effective when we worked from home. And we've even flipped, you know, we used to talk about work-life balance, and now we talk about life-work balance because that's the most important part. So you know people's schedules change. they might have gotten up earlier, get some work done, go take the dogs for a walk, come back, get some work done, go you know so we were we were pretty effective you know from the administrative side um, you know but in my role, it's really about the relationship, interaction with operations, with clients, with the field personnel, so you know there really is a need for me to be out.
1: did the field personnel comment on anything being different without the immediate eyeballs of the administrative people looking at them
0: never verbalized it you know we thought that we were going to see a a spike in you know incidents because there's turmoil people are distracted there wasn't as much oversight you know my safety team um, because the work we were doing was essential the safety team supporting that function was essential too so they were still in the field you know spending time with crews um, we actually saw a, a safety improvement in terms of incidents, uh, frequency, severity. You know, we saw a, a dip during uh, the vid, which, you know, I would have asked me five years ago. If somebody said, hey, we're going to whip a pandemic on you. Um, what do you think is going to happen? I would have said we'd have seen incidents go up. But uh, it's one of those you never know. Were people more focused because of the pandemic? I, hard to say.
1: Have you asked them?
0: I have not. Oh, yeah, no, that, <laughs> that was a simple way to find. That, yeah.
1: Yeah. That's not a genius thing I just said. And, and uh, I didn't mean it to have any kind of edge on it. But I'd be curious. I'd be curious why. Because you're not the only person that said this to me. In fact, most companies have said productivity went up, events went down and they genuinely mean they didn't get hidden. They went down.
0: Uh, and I I believe that that was the case. We you know we had some good good conversations this week with operational folks about this kind of new mindset. And uh, I I think it was you know lack of clutter. Um, you know with with fewer interactions, um, the interactions were kind of better. Let's run out and check some boxes and do our audits and observations and submit the report. You know it was taking the time to talk to people and. Uh, so yeah, it was it was interesting, but it's a it's a fair question. Um, and you've you've gotten me in trouble in a good way. Um, oh no! Asking, no no it, good way. Starting asking more questions. We had our first team performance um, improvement uh, workshop. We used to do a you know we called it something different in the past. We called it Davey Personal Excellence. We wanted a little twist on that, um, which we've now gone back to calling it what it is because nobody outside of our organization knew what Personal Excellence was, but we did our first workshop in California about uh, uh, two weeks ago now, and uh, I got up and just kind of introduced the new sort of direction we're heading in the organization, um, and I, I whipped sticky on them, and they liked that, and I asked the questions, and then and I and I cautioned them, and so these are kind of safety leaders in the uh-huh. different service lines, could be a, a might even be a, a crew leader level up to manager, but, you know, folks that we see oh, the, the future in. And then I said, I'm going to ask a really dangerous question, and I want you to do it to your folks, but be careful and be ready. And I said, what's the stupidest rule we have right now? Silence, because they're like, wait, you're corporate safety. You're not supposed to be asking us <laughs> you're, questions.
1: You're the writer of the stupid rules. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and, and somebody asked a, a, a great question. Um, our commercial grounds folks don't have a lot of overhead hazards. Right. You know, they're out mowing grass. So they don't need a helmet, but what we do say is obviously, you know, safety glasses here and protection for using machinery, um, but a hat. So we issue, you know, Davy ball caps or like the, you know, the sun hats because that's the biggest exposure. And so Stumpy from the commercial group said, "Well, I think the fact that we have to wear hats is a dumb rule." And I said, "Well, let me explain why." And I walked through, you know, the risk, skin cancer, all this stuff, and you literally saw the light bulb go bing above this person's head. And then she said, "Oh, I get it now." So going from thinking it was a stupid rule to understanding why we do it and i'll bet she's going to make sure her whole team is wearing their hats now
1: yeah yeah totally because if she sees it as kind of a uniform requirement then who cares right but if you see it as as really a way to combat dehydration skin cancer exposure i mean you know speaking as a bald guy uh hats are you know <laughs> vital yep
0: but it's a big i'm assuming you're a uh, um well I'm sure you're aware of, familiar with Simon Sinek, Sinek, and don't know how to pronounce yeah. his yeah. name. Um, you know, I I love just the why piece because it was always, you know, we always told people how to do it and what to do. And then, you know, the classic parental thing, because I said so, that never flew. And so really trying to get people to understand why. And, you know, it's just it's taking the time to ask the question and finding out, well, they don't know why, you know, because our manual's this thick and they haven't memorized all of it yet. So. Now, so it was good, and I uh, I challenged them to do the same with their people with the caveat that don't ask it if you're not going to do anything with the information. Right.
1: You're, you're writing a that's check. Like, I mean, you're metaphorically writing a check, and you, you have to be able to cash it. If you ask people – that's the problem with surveys in any organization is we survey people and ask them what they think, and then we do nothing with the data, and so we create this sort of unfulfilled expectation, plus we just – you know, they stop giving us information if we if we don't do anything with it. So it's it's pretty right. it's a pretty important moment.
0: And we spent a lot of money to harm our reputation and the interaction with the field because of that. Right. right. We'd have been better off to just spend the money on more hats or something. Right, exactly. Like Batmobile, Batmobile.
1: Batmobile would be a really great idea or you know, cooler clippers or whatever whatever people <laughs> value. I used to manage a whole group of uh, uh, computer programmers and all they really wanted was to buy new monitors don't talk to me and buy me a new monitor and they were happy and productive and i was just like all this work we've done to create these <laughs> expectations and really all they want is to be left alone and give me the best monitor money can buy so and once i figured that out it was uh, the greatest group to work with in the whole world wow before that's fun. it was hard but but afterwards,
0: yeah you have to have to speak the language
1: so, what do you think? I mean, are you happy with the way things are going? Are you excited? Are you seeing new energy? What What do you see? I
0: am. We're, I mean, we're at an inflection point. I mean, we talked a little bit. I think we talked a little bit last time. I mean, Davey's been in, around for 142 years. Um, you know, we do some things fairly well. We're looking to make some changes, and like everyone else, we're you know we we're driving down incidents. We had a really good T R I R discussion with the operational group this this week because I you know I overlaid that graph with the all industries fatality rate graph that has not changed um, in forever. Um, And so it was, it was, it was good discussions, but we're at a great, uh, we're at a good point. Our, our new uh, CEO, chairman, president, um, um, president chair, CEO, forget his full title, pretty progressive, um, gets it, gets safety, um, gets people, I think, which is the most important part. Right. And I don't. I don't know if I gave you the story last time that um, what impressed me about him was I had a one of my team retired with 48 years in the industry, and every five years we do a little kind of a, a ceremony for people. There's a plaque, there's a pin, there's a you know kind of a formal thing, and after this gentleman passed 45 years, um, we just we missed it because somebody like shoved it in in a folder somewhere. And so he asked me about it. So I went to go talk to the CEO because that's where things end up. Long story short, he comes in and he's like, hey, what's going on? I said, well, uh, you know, one of our guys, we missed his 45-year anniversary. He said, our department meeting's next week. You know, could you call? I'll set a phone up. Just call in and say, hey, thanks. And he he said no, and he walked away. I'm like, "That's that's not what I was expecting. He comes back two minutes later. He said, I'm coming. I cleared my schedule. I have a flight. I'm coming. Wow. So he flew down to hand deliver this 45-year plaque, and this of, of this guy's 48 years when he retired, the thing he remembered most was the CEO flying down to personally deliver that. That's so cool. And that's the leader. That's who's lead, who's guiding this ship. And so he gets it. Um, and like I said, it's the you know he gets kind of obviously the business side, but the safety side, but the human side, um, which is important. And I look back when I interviewed. Um, he took us out to lunch and he's like, Hey, I hope you don't mind uh, dog hair. Cause I've got five labs. And so we jumped in his SUV and I'm covered in dog hair by the time we get to the restaurant, but you know, just a real person. Yeah. And so with, with that kind of support, um, it's, it's awesome. You know, and I, I, I've tipped the scales with, um, uh, failure to predict workplace fatalities, um, uh, cause I thought that would get people's attention the most. And so we started passing that around at the senior leadership level and people people are getting it, and so I've been dropping some of these concepts into you know when I presented my budget at the planning meeting, every time I'm in front of any operational group and even outside in the industry, you know we work for a lot of investor owned utilities um, and I'm trying to get them thinking a little differently and i I asked a series of of questions, and one of them is you know does frequency breed severity, and I wait, and of course everyone yells yes," and then I say no. And then literally one guy fell out of his chair. Like he was so shocked that somebody said that out loud. <laughs> so I, it's, it's a great time to, things are changing rapidly. Um, you know, we work in a high risk profession and we're getting better at some things, but you know, that seriousness and fatality line doesn't seem to move for our industry. So we need to do something different.
1: And, and what are you, what are you doing differently? I mean, what, what's been most impactful?
0: Well, we're kind of early on this journey. Um, so I took over as uh, safety director and head of the department in July of last year. Uh, uh, my boss had brought me in, you know, great, you know, kind of traditional classic safety culture, really, you know, changed some things, got people focused on the right things. And, you know, so we had this sort of handoff where I was, you know, I wanted to go in a little bit different direction. And so I started working with my team, because again, I've got people with 25, 30, 35, 40 years of that culture and just changing it and, you know, focusing on our role as a support function, not a compliance function, not a policing. And I'm, I hate that word, but it still pops up in discussions and it's, it's about relationships. And so we just had a successful run uh, with some of our Eastern utility group in the Gulf. We said, uh, what do you need? What do you want? And they looked at us like we had lobsters crawling out of our ears. And we said, No, what do you need and what do you want? And they said, Well, can we think about it? I said, sure. So we had a call. Um, and I, I stepped back, let my field manager run it with the uh, vice president of the region and they talked through some things and you know, one side said, Well, we don't want any more audits ever. I'm like, Well, we have some things we have to do. I said, How about less audits? And they're like, I Can do that? I said, I can do whatever I want. And then he said, Well, we need more help and training and I said, Well there's only X number of us and 11,000 of you, so I can't train your people, but we can help with that. So we got to a point where safety and management are doing ride-alongs, visiting crews, no audits, no phone, no notebook, no computer comes out of the out of the truck. And they talk to people, um, and they, they watch them work. They, you know, they chit-chat, and the first time, you know, they look over, and there's... The senior vice president, the vice president, the area manager, market manager, operations manager, supervisor, general four person, and three safety people. Of course, the work just screeches to <laughs> <all>. <laughs> Um and then they start asking questions and they realize that this isn't and they just say, Look, we're not we're not writing any of this stuff down. We want to talk to you. As the crew started opening up and they started, you know, making comments about you know hey what if we did this or what if we did that and and so we've gone through I don't know probably five or six managers that have done this and not all of them were willingly you know jumping in but the the early adopters are the ones that are always adopting early and you know they were good and they want to get better and I really see for us it's it's this this relationship piece of you know understanding the work as done as opposed to how we've imagined it or written it, you know, into a, you know, what we've joked about the, you know, a lot, the organizational safety manuals could serve as a shield, like physically would yeah. stop a bullet. Yeah. um And so just, it's really changing the mindset, but a lot of it's about the relationship. And that's really, you know, no matter what else we do without that relationship piece, it, it it's going to fall flat.
1: But don't you think don't you think i mean i agree with you 100 percent. don't you think shifting them from the audit mindset to the assurance mindset is what what really drives that relationship component i mean if they're not they're seeking deviation they're truly they're truly there to help work go better then by definition they're going to have a different relationship with the people they talk to yeah
0: we're not there and i'm 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 kind of I'm going very slowly you know, sure. with this is the first is just, you know, put them out there to build a relationship and it's, it's kind of two levels. You know, ultimately it's at the field level, um, you know, the craftsperson level, that's where we want the relationship, but without management, that relationship between safety and management, that that can't work. So my, my energy is focused kind of on that, right that band right now, making sure we have that, and we're getting some, we are getting some good buy-in, and I think that, that will flow to the field. And once we get that comfort level down, then we can sort of start transitioning to some of those other pieces. But it really it's just now it's focusing on the relationship.
1: What are you doing specifically with that leadership band to actually change that conversation? Because I agree with you. I think that is, that's the key. I, I would spend most of my time at that level. In my past, that's where I spent all my time the workforce is great i mean they don't need this conversation they get it it's how they barely do... need us yeah it's true <laughs> how how do i have a different conversation as a leader and
0: well and we so this i've been with Davey coming up to be 7 years september um about a year and a half in i started to to build some of these relationships because we were like other you know, older, bigger organizations. We were very, you know, centralized, hierarchical, all of that. Um, and nobody talked to anybody. You know, we our the safety group was on the same wing as some of the operational, like executive vice presidents. And, you know, you, you maybe you made eye contact in the hall or at the water cooler. And that was it. And I'm one of those people that, you know, some people don't like it. But I would just if somebody's door was open, I would knock and say, hey, do you have a minute? And just, you know, chit chat with people. And then we formalized that and we started meeting, as I said, we've got the four service lines. So we started meeting uh, my uh, former boss and I with the senior leadership from each of the service lines. We started with our residential group first and we um, just, you know, said, hey, let's let's talk about things. And they're like, what do you want to talk about? I'm like, I don't know, safety, efficiency, new equipment, techniques, whatever. And so these have kind of grown and morphed through the last couple of years. So what we've done at the highest level is we've created a relationship where we bounce ideas off each other. uh, We improve things. An example, um, in our industry, like a lot, we have three. three, Look, I can't even count. We have three. um,
1: (laughs) There are seven (laughs) reasons.
0: Exactly. How many fingers do That's I see? Right. Um, you know, we have three big things that kill and alter people's lives. Electrical contacts, fall from elevation, struck by. Yep. And, you know, variations of those. So we started looking at, you know, let's let's attack those three. Um, and struck by is in our industry is the biggest. Biggest killer, biggest cause of serious injury. So, you know, working from a tree, and you know enough about the industry, so you're trimming branches, stuff's falling, you know, Gravity works the exact same way. Things go from up to down pretty consistently, and yet we were still under. So we came up with and we're not the only ones, came up with a policy to physically mark the drop zone. So if you're working in a tree, you talk about it during the job briefing, hey, the drop zone is going to be the edge of the tree or what we call the drip line plus 10 feet. So we get bright green cones or blue cones or whatever, and we put them out. So we've talked about it. We've identified it. We've talked about it. Now we physically marked it. And so we worked with our operational people to come up with how is this going to work best? The old days, we would have wrote it, it would have been terrible, and we would have bashed people over the head for that. So the process took longer. Um, I think the document's a little bit, you know, it it gets a little more detail, more cooks in the kitchen kind of thing. But ultimately, it was a success for two reasons. One, um, we had better input because there are a lot smarter people um, working with us. And then secondly, we had buy-in. They were part of it. So when the policy went out, they said this is our policy. Not the old days of yeah, here's something else from corporate. Um, and so we've had some success there. So again, that's like uh, vice president, general manager level, and then you know, my level. Right. And now we're now we're down to the regional vice president, so we've got different org structure depending on the service line. And so it's kind of doing the same in a different way because with the um the executive group we're all in the same building so that's pretty easy in the field it's not as easy so we've got to do it kind of regionally like i said we started in the gulf uh the senior vice president down there is is uh 43 years yeah i was sitting next to him yesterday he's got 43 years with the company um but super open open-minded uh still wants to do things he's going to retire soon but he's you know, he's planting trees that he'll never sit in their shade. He's one of those guys. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we're just you know, in trying different things, and not everything is working. And what works for that service line may work for another, but if it doesn't, we'll try something else, like the little the micro experiments.
1: Right. Exactly. And that's a powerful tool. How do you guys? How do you guys talk about success? Because you have so much of it
0: we we've been terrible at that um and this is something we've identified you know we focus so much on the the red line of the bad things you know trying to focus on the good even to the point of trying to shift i mean it was it was subtle things we did a um like everyone else we had a a written job observation form that you would go out and check 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 um we updated it with the field. We spent about a year working with operations to develop uh, something that made sense, looking at the key things people were doing or the you know the key activities. And then we actually turned built it into an app that is tied to our risk management database. So the moment you hit save, bing, it goes in there so we can pull that data. But the first line on there is this we're getting, circling back to your question is, you know, Basically, what did you find that you liked with the crew? And so we've challenged the observer that, you know, Grant, there's crews that are doing a million things good, and there's a crew that you're going to be there for two hours working to find it. But if you don't put something in that box, you can't save the report. Oh, nice. And so it's real little things like that, trying to celebrate the the positives. Um, Things like our industry, uh, the Tree Care Industry Association, the trade group, has these safety wards and so as people do cool things and often it's like uh you know one of my teams saw a car go roll into a lake and he went in and pulled people out and so we recognize people there. We have an app now um called Davy Connect that anyone in the company can access it. So we're about eleven thousand employees and there's eighty five hundred people using this app and so positive things we're pushing through there. So it's a lot of little things. We're not where we need to be yet because we're still on that old mindset of, you know, the bad thing happened. Let's focus all of our energies there.
1: But it's interesting to me because, I mean, the biggest lesson I learned from your industry was, well, I did, I helped with an investigation. I I did a peer assistant of a fatality and it became really clear that the group that was doing the investigation didn't really understand how work was done normally. And, um, that was a big lesson for me because they were so focused on the, the, their job was to look at failure, and and they couldn't really describe what normal looks like. It was it was yeah, they, bizarre they, they to they me.
0: Couldn't, rec- couldn't recognize success because they're so used to looking at failure. Right,
1: right. I mean, t- to the point where they brought in a guy, you know, one of those forty-year guys. You see him probably every day, and they were talking about it was. Of course, it was dropped object. I mean, it it all aligns perfectly to what you said. And I I turned to the guy, just casually said, you know, if I put a dime on the ground, could you drop a tree on it? And he looked at me, and he said, yeah, probably. (laughs) And I said, you know, I don't think we have an accuracy issue with the workers here. I mean, I just, I can't imagine that's the problem. And it was really telling. And that level of expertise that exists for your field guys must just be incredibly, I mean, they must be amazing to watch.
0: It is. And it's it's a frustrating thing from my perspective, because we and I guess like other industries, we're kind of our own worst enemy. Yeah, we tend not to recognize the skill that we have, you know, like you said, dropping a tree and a dime and you know, we'll, we'll do that during trainings. We'll put a stick out yeah. you know, the stick and we'll we'll discount that. You know, I think sometimes our people feel uncomfortable because as an industry, we you know, we we. We're folks that do well outdoors. We don't like indoors. We don't like classrooms. So we we very highly skilled, highly intelligent, very creative people. Um, And not a lot of people have very formal educations. And I think that makes people uncomfortable sometimes. And so they think of themselves in a negative light. And, you know, there's always the extreme that make us look bad in, in, in any industry. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy the amount of skills. So I was trying to explain to somebody once, and they said, ah, now I'm just, a, you know, a, I forget how they phrased it, but it was totally negative and derogatory to themselves. And I said, okay, can you explain to me what you have to do to uh, climb and rig a tree up? And they started going through the list. I mean, I like, okay, so you know biology, you know physics, yeah. and just going through this whole list. And I said, so you don't have a diploma. Who cares? It's not about that. Yeah, and it's, it's a great group of people. They're passionate, um, generous. It's, it's such a great industry. I mean, I could, I could pick up the phone, and I've done this, and, and you know, show up in a town and say, hey, I'm, a, I'm an arborist. Uh, do you have any recommendations for dinner? They don't know me from Adam, and they'll do it because it's such a, a collective. It's such a family. I, I don't know, I'm kind of bragging on the industry, but I love it.
1: So what did I tell you? Don't you love Tim? Isn't he amazing? I thought you would. I mean, I just—it's—I'm not surprised. And he had so much to say. Uh, what a great conversation! Let's do it again, you guys. Uh, let's do it again soon because there's there's a m- bunch of people, lo- tons of people, who have stories just like this, and our job is to listen and to get them to tell it. And thank you, Tim. I appreciate it greatly. Thanks for opening the kimono. That's how we used to talk about it at work. Thanks for talking about what you do the good, the bad, the ugly, and for the journey you're on. It's helpful. It's really helpful. And thanks for being a part of the pod. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Um, you're doing a good job at that. Keep doing it. Uh, uh, comment, whatever. I'm always here for you. I'm just glad you're there. And keep uh, keep positive because it's easy to watch the news and not feel positive. But I think we've got to send good vibes into the universe, whatever that means. I live in Santa Fe, so I can say that. until then, my friends learn something new every single day. Have as much fun as you possibly can. be kind to each other. That's really valuable and a good lesson from today kindness. All right? How about that CEO jumping on a plane? I like that. And last but not least, be safe.